0: Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMNT La Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian. Joining me once again, is my co host, Tocayo Adrian. Adrian, what's good, man?
1: Hey, how's it going, dude? Tuesday night, September for are over. Uh, walk in the park from the USMNT. Am I right?
0: You're right, but uh, walk in the park with an asterisk. Um, <laughs> not the greatest of opposition, but uh, we'll talk about it and, uh, you know, a lot. Well, I think we, there's a good, good amount to discuss here and take away. So uh, let's let's get right into it. six things we learned, man. Um, obviously, the USMNT faced uh, Uzbekistan on the 9th of September, winning 3-0. Goals from Tim Weah, Ricardo Pepe, and Christian Pulisic. Although, um, important to note, this was a 1-0 game until the 92nd minute. So that's kind of deceiving. Um, it wasn't the, oh my God, 3-0 destruction of Uzbekistan that we that the score makes you think it was. Um, two of the goals were 92nd and 95th minutes. So um, for, for a long while there, it was a boring 1-0, um, can't-break Uzbekistan's backline game. And then another 4-0 uh, win uh, today, Tuesday on the 12th, uh, for USA against Oman. Uh, Balagan scored, Brendan Aaronson scored, Carlo Pepe another goal, and an own goal from an uh, Oman defender there. Making it 4 0 in a much more convincing uh, uh, win, but against an easier opponent. Um, let's get into uh, our takeaways. Um, for the USA, we'll start off with the good here. I think the strikers, Ricardo Pepi Balogun, they're firing, man. They're, you know, Pepe scored two yeah. goals, Balogun scored. Um, it's just a good thing for the USMNT. You have two two players who are proving themselves and competing with each other at a high level. Obviously, Balogun just moved to Monaco, so he'll be uh, you know playing there. Uh, Ricardo Pepi has been kind of trying to prove himself after being snubbed for the World Cup and has been doing really well and kind of just showed Greg that hey man, you shouldn't have snubbed me. I scored two goals here, really well taken goals. Um, so yeah, anytime you have uh, your strikers both strikers firing like this, it's its good, right? I mean, USA has always missed and uh, has always lacked having a proper number nine, and now it looks like two number nines are, are developing really well for the USA. So uh, a positive there for the U.S. to start. Would you agree?
1: No, the, Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say, there's nothing to complain about in here. I mean, even, even if they, you know, uh, they're not seeing a lot of game time with their clubs, it just goes to show that these are two guys that are ready to go, right? whenever you call them up, whenever you need them, whenever you put them on, they're going to be out there trying to score, trying to prove themselves and trying to make sure that, you know, they, they want that starting striker, uh, role. So this is going to be a good thing, but also difficult situation for triple G to determine who's going to be his, uh, go to striker. Cause both of them are, you know, just a, essentially an asset on the team. Right. I think, yeah. uh, whether you put Pepe or you put Balogun, they both understand their teammates. They both realize what's the style of play. Um, and no matter what, they, no matter if one starts or, you know, the other one comes as a sub, uh, you have more than, more than, uh, plenty of ammunition to fire back at the opposition.
0: Yeah. Um, that kind of leads us into the bad for these two matches, the opposition. Okay. So yeah, the (laughs) USMT scored seven goals, um, but it wasn't exactly against, uh, you know, world beaters, right? I mean, it was Oman and Uzbekistan. Um, they, you know, the USMT has to find a way to play games out of the US, out of the US or play games in the US against better opposition to test themselves. Yeah, this is a good, um, you know, sweet, uh, second stint opener for Greg. That's probably why they did it, just in case, you know, so he wouldn't lose on his second, you know, his, his debut back on his <laughs> second stint. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess good on that. But, I mean, you know, playing these two guys, there's not really um, much that uh, the you, you, you're you going to learn from if you're a player here. Um, you just face, you know, injury, really. And, um, you know, I guess just stat padding at this point. But, uh, yeah, the USA definitely... Uh, please, uh, going forward, line up uh, some better opposition.
1: <laughs> Damn, dude. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I totally agree. I second your thought. I don't think these were... Um, well, first of all, were, I don't know if this, were, if this is the same situation as Mexico because I know Mexico had the September friendlies to happen in Europe when Diego Coca was still the, the coach. And they rescheduled them and brought it back to the states because of the whole thing that happened. But I'm not too sure if the USMNT is on the same page. Uh, regardless of that, um, I want to say that I second your thought on these These matches were meant for having a triumphant return of Triple G, right? They didn't. They didn't want him to show up and lose against a strong opposition. Granted, if they would have played someone a more competitive team, and they would have won. He, he would have been i guess praised even more because of you know of being the, the i guess the the dog coach who got you know played by one of his uh uh players parents and then came back keep everything under control yeah. keep the cool and they still have the support of your players right so like, it would have been great to have like a like a, uh like japan did over this friend over this friendly uh uh, matches, right? They defeated Germany, Germany. Yeah. and and I think Japan and the United States are are pretty much on this on a similar path of developing talent and trying to compete with the uh, you know big dogs of international f- football. So uh, I mean, these these are these are like homecoming games for Triple G. These are homecoming games for him to show his guns to be out there and be like, hey, you know what? This is a party. If you join the USMNT this is the kind of matches you're going to be looking at. Uh, they're trying to get people riled up and whatnot. But I think uh, this can backfire on them if things go bad, right, in the next few matches, if things go bad against Co- in, in Copa America. Uh, if they don't qualify for Copa America, I think it's also going to look bad um, because you're, you're going to get people asking, hey, so if we knew that we had to prepare for this big tournament, right, why are we wasting our time with the likes of Oman and Uzbekistan? Don't get me wrong i don't i don't mean i mean no disrespect for these two teams but honestly do you really think that these are good uh training opposition for the usmnt right do you really think that the players from the usmnt are going to get better facing these kind of players
0: yeah no i agree man um it, it could definitely backfire like i said they fail again to qualify for some major tournament um but I couldn't put it better myself. Uh, you you nailed it right on the on the head there. Um, it was a homecoming homecoming appearance for Triple G, and uh, I mean he he, he won both seven uh seven to zero total for the two games. So uh, can't really ask for better homecoming there. Um, <laughs> speaking real. of Triple G, one of our neutral points here for this this uh, six things we learned is Greg Berhalter himself. Um, there's positives and negatives to him for this. September window positives. He named a very, very strong squad, Uh, you know, except missing Tyler Adams, Gio, Giovanni Reina. It's probably the strongest squad you can name at this point for the USMNT. Um, That was good. Uh, But at the same time, um, you know, there were some key points, especially against uh, Australia, Uzbekistan. Um, Like I, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, it was a very deceiving result. It was three nailed because of two very, very late goals. But throughout that match, if you were watching that match, he really was not adapting to the situation where he was in. He kept trying to have the players cross, cross, cross the ball instead <laughs> of going directly through the middle. Um, yeah. Or, you know, trying to do, you know, play on the ground, play one touch. Um, he, he he didn't adapt to, you know, it was not working, just crossing from the flanks. Um, so that's kind of a negative. Uh, again, he, he got lucky because it was Uzbekistan and Oman. I mean, can he adapt? Did he learn anything from the Le- Netherlands game in the World Cup? Can he adapt to play like, you know, and win against bigger opposition? We'll see. But um, as of right now, uh, I think uh, overall neutral um, for Triple G because I think with this squad, I mean, anybody could have could have beat these two teams, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I saw a ton of memes uh, of, of people criticizing Triple G of just focusing on crossing, 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 crossing. Which, if I guess if you, if you have a striker that is lethal on you know playing by air, then yeah, crossing makes sense, right? But you don't you don't really have that on Balogun or Pepe. Uh, don't get me wrong, Pepe is not is not necessarily short. Balogun is, uh, yeah. but heading is not their strongest suit. So it's just interesting to see how he heavily relies on that. And it just makes me feel that uh, he is not as innovative as we all think he, he is, right? Um, and if he keeps on doing this, man, uh, memes are going to keep on coming. And all of a sudden, we're going to be calling this, instead of the USMNT, it's going to be the US National Crossing team. Because goddamn, how many crosses you want to make on one match?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, if you like I said, there's we don't have that type of forward, so uh, definitely trying to find a system that works best for the type of strikers that the yeah. USMNT has. So um, yeah, net neutral for uh, triple G there. Um, another positive from this uh, window, um, I think, will be clean sheets. Uh, you had two different goalies for each match. You had uh, Matt Turner play against Uzbekistan and uh, Ethan Horvath play against Oman. Uh, two goalies who surprisingly, I mean, play together at the club level as well. Um, but uh, both kept a clean sheet. Again, uh, not the biggest opposition, not the best opposition, but I mean, anytime you're able to keep a clean sheet, it's good. Gives you confidence moving forward for you as a you know having your defenders in front of you, and for you as a keeper. And uh, yeah, I mean, what what else can you say there? Uh, two clean sheets, two games. I mean, good on the goalies. Uh, goal,
1: good on the goalies. Bol- boy i want to say that you're reaching really really reaching to make this a a good thing for for these six things we learned with the clean sheets i mean don't get me wrong i don't think it's a bad thing um but um if uh, i mean you're you're essentially you know we we said that the a a bad thing was the opposition right so that one thing and then also you mentioning that it's kind of deceiving especially against uzbekistan uh so to me i would have put this more for neutral rather than a positive just because of that specific situation, where these are not a strong opposition, they were they weren't that challenge to begin with. Yeah, that's um, true. and so it's always nice to have a clean sheet. But I just want to echo your comment on these are a, li- a little deceiving, right? Um, if 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 it was against Germany, if it was against Spain, if it was against a South American team, then yeah, definitely clean sheets Again, those stronger teams are a good thing. But I would I, w- I would just put it you know as a neutral rather than. A positive, but hey keeping us here is a zero man
0: <laughs> i mean i agree i agree we'll, we'll, we'll move it to a, a neutral um I, I think you made some good points that, that's fine um a, a good thing that i think does deserve to be mentioned as a good uh based off his performance was uh weston mckinney um especially in that second match against oman um he was critical to two of the two of the goals and just uh you know he played the whole match and uh, was able to uh Dominate the midfield, uh, and um, that brings us back to the point you made—not the greatest opposition, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really—he did have a performance, a really good performance for someone that often struggles and is unpredictable with how he will uh, he plays with the USMNT. Um, he's either very, very good or average, right, or sometimes bad. Uh, but uh, these two games, he was definitely one of the highlights on the on the um, on the field there, uh, Weston McKinney.
1: This one I'll buy, man. This one I'll for sure think is a good thing. Um, these this are the kind of matches that you want, right? These are the kind of matches that you want for players like him, that he feels confident, that he regains that momentum, that he's able to go back to his club and, you know, reassert himself as a contender for a starting uh, eleven position, right? So this is definitely a good uh, thing that we learned, that McKinney, at least on these two matches, showed confidence, showed leadership, and show commitment to the team.
0: Yeah. Uh, last one, last positive here. Uh, I think uh, positive just because he got his debut in the second match against Oman. He played really well at the uh, right... He was a uh, right-wing back, uh, Kevin Paredes, the young player that plays yeah. in uh, in Germany um, for uh, Wolfsburg. Um, he finally got to make his debut as the full-time USMN, USMNT uh, player. And uh, he played really well. Uh, didn't get. I think he came on the second half against Oman. Uh, he looked lively. He, um, I think, it was because of him that we, uh, the USMNT, got the fourth goal. It was his cross that rebounded off the off the defender at the um, at the near post uh, for Oman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he he was taking on his uh, his defenders, his his markers, and uh, beating them, and was able to find crosses in. And he was crossing. What I noticed. On, on the ground. He wasn't trying to find somebody in the air like uh, a, a Balogun or Pepe where we're not that crazy good in the air. Um, so very mature performance from the young uh, Bundesliga player. And I think he just adds more more depth to the USMNT there um, at the uh, at the right wing back. So a uh, good performance from Kevin Paredes.
1: This is definitely a good thing that we learned because now we know that there's some depth to that specific position for the USMNT, I think this is one of those areas where, at least in 2022 during Qatar, we know that it was an area, area, opportunity for improvement for the USMNT. And also, it's a good thing because this shows that um, this is this isn't just a you know, uh, I guess, uh, call up for capping a player for the sake of capping a player, right? This is something that it's a good move. It makes sense to bring him in as a USMNT player. They are not just tying him to the USMNT for the sake of tying him. They understand that he can ben- that you know that both the USMNT and the player can benefit from this specific relationship. So, I'm glad to see that the USMNT is not only cap-tying players for for just the sake of keeping or protecting their talent, right? Um, I think this mm-hmm. goes to show that the scouting of the USSF, while not perfect, is actually working. And that triple G still has that good thing about him, which is scouting.
0: Yeah, that pull right. was able to attract this this talent. Um, you know, now that that leads the USMNT to having really two two uh, good pieces in each left back and right back position. Mm-hmm. You have Serginho Dest and uh, Paredes on the one side, and then you have Anthony Robinson, um, Joe Scalley, and uh, even. Um, who was, the, who was the other player that started today for the USMNT there on the left? Uh, uh, it was uh, Hansen. It was not Reed Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's another. Christo- Christopher Lund Hansen. So, uh, you know, you get uh, another uh, depth piece there, right? So mm-hmm. uh, good call-ups, good cap ties. Um, so all in all, I think a good performance from uh, Cam Paredes. Um, Adrian, man, as we wrap this episode up, dude, we're going to listen to his finest brother.
1: Man, they can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Gol. We post stuff every now and then.
0: Yep, and be sure to let us know in the comments. Uh, what did you take away from these matches for the USMNT? Are you happy that Triple G is back? Um, how did you see his performance and his uh, player selection? Uh, for the September window. Uh, Definitely interested and uh, always exciting to read you guys' comments there in the comment section below. Uh, The end, man. September friendlies have come to an end. It's been fun, brother. I'll see you in the next one.
1: Take it easy, my friend. Always a pleasure.
0: Likewise, dude. See ya.
1: Doos.